Kevin Deers here with Defy. We are at Emerald City Comic Con all weekend long. We got a bunch of wrestlers doing some signings. We're getting nerdy. We're having some fun. Let's go and talk with some people here at Emerald City Comic Con. We're talking with Michael Kingston from Headlock Comics, and uh, he's been doing this for what, like a decade now? About a decade, yeah. Yeah, we started out real small. Like just uh, used to sell Headlocks out of my backpack at wrestling shows and stuff. You know, hitting up people on message boards and sort of grew one reader at a time and. Uh, you know, now we've got a series, and we've got a second series that, you know, I collaborated with, like, 40 different wrestlers on comics. Who's your favorite wrestler? Who want I gotta, I'm putting you on the spot, man. Are you a fan of comics? Are you a fan of comic books? And, yes, and like I am. That I'm a cool graphic world? novel guy. Yeah. I'm a graphic novel dude. Um, I don't really collect too many, like, just... Um, single issues. Yeah, single yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to get the whole story packed into mm-hmm. one, and um, I'm... Of course, I go to D.C. for these kind of stories. I like the detective comics and all that yep. stuff. So that's my forte. So you've never been to a Defy show. What's what's holding you back, man? The honest I, I called you out, man. Yeah. I'm sorry you about that. No, you're good. <laughs> well, here's the thing, dude. What we're going to do right now is we're going to actually hook you up with a free pair of tickets to Defy right now. We're going to hook you up because we saw you're a dedicated wrestling fan. You came to meet Swerve. You came to hang out with the Headlock booth. We're going to give you a pair of tickets. How you feel about that, man? Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. That's so cool. We have another awesome episode of The Defiant Ones coming for you right now. So this one is actually free. This is a taste of what you will get with The Defiant Ones. So let's jump into our interview with Eddie Kingston. Backstage here with the man from Yonkers, Eddie Kingston. Y.O., home of the brave, baby, 730. What's up? On the Defiant Ones. Back in Seattle, man. Dude, it's so awesome to have you back here in Defy. Thank you, man. I love coming here, man. It's so much fun. I hate it when, you know, I got hurt last time. Back and hamstring and everything like that. Couldn't make it, and it broke my heart. So I'm just happy to be back. Well, here's the thing is when whenever, you know... It's been a couple times where you haven't been able to make it, but you bring the reserves, dude. You bring some yeah. badass people yeah. in your replacement. So, you know, if Eddie can't make it, he brings a homie. So. Yeah, Mox came once, and then uh, Ortiz, who I call Monkey, that's his nickname. He yep. came, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, first off, I got to start this off. I interviewed Kevin Sullivan, a legend in wrestling, and he said that, you know, you along are one of the top five talkers of all time he said he was just he watched your promo three times and then he watched it without any audio because it was just that good he said that you were up there with dusty Rhodes, rick flair curtis iakea how does that feel to know that kevin sullivan said that you are one of the top five talkers of all time i, I don't know i don't know it's, it's surreal thank you kev but it's, it's surreal i got more to go I'm not satisfied, but thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. So you are someone that wrestles every week on TV, pay-per-view. You're on AEW, but you're still out there grinding wrestling here at Defy. What brings you to Defy? Uh, I wanted to come here before. I was supposed to come here before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also just like giving back to the independents because the independents kept me fed for 18 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, without the independents, I would have never made it to AEW. And without the fans of the independents doing the Sign Eddie Kingston thing, which blew my mind again, because I don't know anything about Twitter. It was just, I was trending, I thought I was going to get paid, but they said, no, you don't get paid for trending, which I don't know why you don't. (laughs) But, you know, 
it was it's surreal it's still very surreal all this doesn't seem like real life to me yeah. it's still to this day I'm, I'm worried that I'm gonna wake up in a shitty apartment in New York from all this you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's well documented you know everything with that moment where you know you came out at a, a an independent wrestling show outside in the beginning of the pandemic one of the first shows that was able to legally happen and you called out Cody Rhodes the next week you're on TV and then you're trending with sign Eddie Kingston bring us back to that moment how real was that still not real still doesn't seem real uh because I took the match with Cody and I wasn't thinking of getting a job I was just thinking of paying off you know, my mortgage. Because mm-hmm. at the time I was selling my boots and my gear to uh, pay for it. Actually, a fan gave my gear back to me. And he said, I just bought this to help you out. But here, and gave it back to me. I was like, I gave him a hug. Like, oh, yeah. thanks. And uh, I had to buy new boots like two days before the match with Cody. But, yeah, it was surreal, man. And, and getting in there. And I thank Cody for dancing with me because he didn't mm-hmm. have to. You know what I mean? And uh, then the fans, it was just overwhelming. Like, I have a lot of friends there at AEW, you know, and I never asked them to help me out ever because that's yeah. just not my deal. Like, if someone else does it cool, that's whatever. I just don't, not my deal. If yeah. I can't make it on my own, then there's no point of doing it. But, yeah, it was just it's surreal. I still don't think it's real. I still don't. Every time I go to AEW and every time I'm backstage and every time I'm out there, in front of the crowd, it just doesn't seem real. It seems like at some point something's going to happen. Yep. So I just I try to enjoy it as much as I can and just take it all in for what it is. Yeah. So your journey started as a wrestling fan. Like back in the day, what was the first memory you have of wrestling? Was it with your grandpa, your mom, or what was it? Uh, it, was my, it was my mom. She uh, figured out that wrestling kept me quiet in the house because I was a hyper kid. Sure. And uh, my first memory of pro wrestling is WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. Hogan and Andre and Chinese food in the old department in University Avenue in the Bronx. And me just sitting there, just stuck, loving it. And It was the thing that calmed you down. Yeah. I like that. It was the thing that kept me there and kept me quiet for at least three hours, four yeah. hours. And then my mom noticed that and she would just buy whatever, or not buy, rent whatever mm-hmm. VHS tape. That's right. I'm older. VHS tapes she could find, and then that's when I found Eddie Gilbert because she got like a Memphis Bloodiest Brawls or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm like seven years old. <laughs> Way too young for this kind of stuff. Well, she, she just knew it would shut me up, and she yeah. would tell me, like, don't do this. Yep. This is just for your entertainment. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, little did she know I would try to make a career out of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny going forward you you tried to make a career of it you are making a career out of that yeah, which is yeah. which is amazing which is weird to say yeah when did it go like hardcore like was it ecw that hooked you like when, that made you get really into tape trading or like the oh, japanese yeah, stuff yeah yeah it was definitely ecw because i fell out of love for wrestling around late 95 early 96 maybe when Sean beat Brett at WrestleMania 12, I remember sure. that, that being the last pay-per-view I ordered, and I just stopped. Yeah. And then I was chilling with a friend, and he was like, you like wrestling? And I was like, nah, not really, blah, blah, blah. He was like, watch this. And it was ECW's Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. And that was it. I was stuck. He had Dreamer, who was from Yonkers. You had New Jack, guys who I knew around my way acted like New Jack, mm-hmm. acted like Taz. You know what I mean? And it just hooked me. And then... 
uh, I found, you know, tape trading places, and then I found places to buy tapes. And the only two Japanese wrestlers I knew were um, three, four. I'm sorry, the only four I knew were Hase, uh, Masahiro Chono, the Great Muda, and Hashimoto because they were in WCW. Yeah. So I just bought a random tape, like Best of 95. Sure. And I didn't know the difference between New Japan, All Japan, yep. FMW, all those places, Michinoku Pro. I didn't know the difference, so I just bought it. And I saw Kenta Kobashi versus Kawada in Osaka, and they went 60 minutes. And remember, like I said, I watched Sean and Brett go 60, yep. and yep. it was great. But then I saw Kawada and Kobashi go 60, and... It blew my mind, and I said, "That's that's it. That's the style I want to do. That's it." And uh, so then, the, then, then it just becomes a wormhole, man. Then you oh, just yeah. get then obsessed. I'm just in it. Yeah, and when when I'm obsessed with something, I try to know, learn the history of it. So I went back, and you know, internet was at its infinite stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, AOL. So we had to go on message boards and yep. stuff. But I would read about Ricky Dozan and. You know, how he trained Giant Baba and Anoki and how Anoki and Baba split yep. and, you know, all Japan, New Japan, all that stuff, you know. And I just kept reading the history and watching the matches and then looking up why they did certain things. Like, I was just so enamored by yep. it that, like, I would go out at night, like, later than all my friends because I wanted to read and learn and watch yep. what, you know, the pillars were doing. So did you get to go to any of those, uh, those like, uh, you know, iconic ECW shows in New York? Yeah, I went to a couple of Elks Loud shows. I nice. Kicked, I, I bust uh, Ronnie's balls of Atlas because he ripped my Shane Douglas shirt once because I was acting <laughs> up at, like, 18, and he threw me out and ripped it. But I had it coming, but, you know. I what do you mean you had it coming? Were you just bad-mouthing wrestling? I was 18 years old throwing beer and, yeah, you yeah. know, being an asshole. Being a shithead. Yeah, yeah. being 18. Yeah. So he got me out of there. <laughs> So when did it hit you that you could do this? <clears throat> well, I was iron working for Local 580 in New York. And uh, I was sitting up there, and I was about 19, yeah, 19, 20 years old. And I looked over, and I saw all the older guys coughing up lungs and drinking on the job site. And, like, when they were spit, spit up, it was like, it looked black. Yeah. And I was like, there has to be something more than this. And I was like, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. So I looked up a place, looked up a couple. Again, AOL, very sure, infant yeah. Yeah. time. And I found a school in Jersey, went there, got kicked out of there. And then I found <laughs> then I found Chikara with my uh, yeah. old partner, Blackjack, and my, my other boy, Jigsaw. And after that, the rest is history. I always found it so interesting that, you know, this Chikara, this land of, like, crazy gimmicks and, like, everyone's mass, and then you got Eddie Kingston, the realest motherfucker. Like, he's just Eddie Kingston. Like, that had to be a, a really interesting time for your career. What, what did you learn from Chikara, and, like, what did you... How did that help you in, in establishing yourself? I just... I learned everything there. You know what I mean? They, I got trained there, and I got taught by many people, even my trainer, you know what I mean... How to tell stories, how to, what's important in wrestling matches, you know what I mean? It's not the moves and all that stuff. I learned so much there. And then being able to go on the road and go to places that had guys like Tracy Smothers in the locker room mm -hmm. who can help me out and Mitch Ryder, rest in peace. You know what I mean? I had those guys around, you know, and then I met Homicide who became my mentor and he helped me out. He's the only. Honestly, he's the only person who stood by me. Other guys would, you know, 
tried to help me, and then, of course, me being me, I have to do things my way. Yeah. They would kind of fade away or be like, ugh. But Homicide always stayed mm-hmm. and was always on my ass because he saw something. So, like, people don't understand why I always bring him up and why I always try to get him a job everywhere I go and why whatever. It's, it's because without him, I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't be here, to be honest with you. I would have probably quit already. You know what I mean? Or, you know, there was a moment in time where I was down and out and things weren't looking too hot. And he called me out of nowhere like God sent them. You know what I mean? Out of nowhere, he called me and I didn't do a very bad thing. And uh, and now look where I'm at. So, like, I owe him basically my life and my career, to be honest. So you grinded for a long time, man, and it's well documented, you know, all of those indies that you hit, you were just, you were always grinding, you know, now you're with a national company on TV, but you mentioned, you know, without Homicide, you would have quit. Was there ever any time that you almost went back to, you know, being an iron worker or just, you know, giving it up? Oh yeah, there was a time I remember I tweeted it out. Uh, I was drunk. This is why I don't drink anymore that, that much. You know what I mean? I'll have like one or two beers and then I'll call it. But uh, I've been able to learn that. But no, I was drunk one day and I saw something on... Uh, oh, we have a dog. I watched something on uh, NXT and uh, it really blew my mind what it was. And like it just pissed me off so much that I... Uh, I remember breaking my TV. I remember throwing throwing the whiskey bottle all over the place. And I just tweeted out, like, if I don't get a deal this year, I'm done. And then my brother had uh, my nephew, his son. And my brother told me, like, how can you, how can I tell my son never give up and you can achieve whatever you want when his uncle did? And I said, okay. So I just stayed, and I yep. kept going. And then the pandemic hit, and then, like you said, the promo, yep. and so on and so forth. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed. Uh, I can even say lucky, too, you know what I mean? Because yep. a lot of people don't make it out of not physical, but, like, emotional and mental situation. I put myself in. Yeah. In a lot of situations. Like, not no one put me in these situations. I put myself in these situations. Because there was a lot of times, you know, mentally where I say I didn't deserve it. If you, if you look back in my career, there'll be points where, like, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, I'm here, I'm here, I'm there. And next thing you know, I get drunk and I'm locked up in sure. the drunk tank in the tombs in New York and I'm missing multiple shows. Then I come back and I'm on the straight and narrow and then yeah. right back again. And for all those people that stuck by me, like, I thank them all the time. And that's why I tell people, like, when they're like, oh, you, you made it. I, I didn't make it. We made it. Yeah. This is not just for me. This is for everybody who stuck by me. This is for everybody who grinds on the independence. This is for everybody who has a dream mm-hmm. to either go to WWE or AEW. You know what I mean? Like, this is for all the outlaw guys. You know what I mean? That are doing things their way. Yep. Whether it's right or wrong, they're still being themselves. This is for them. Yep. This is not just for me, you know? Especially... Honestly, this is more for my mother and father than anything, because they've bailed me out of jail. They've paid a lot of things for me when they shouldn't. You know what I mean? My father would be the one like, oh, God. My mother would be the one like, no, we got to help them. You know? They didn't have to. So, like I said, man, this is not just for me. This is for a lot of people. Have they had a chance to come see you at an AEW show yet? Yeah, they came to the uh, first Grand Slam. That's awesome. And I kept looking for my mother, but they moved her and put her in a suite. 
That's so awesome. I started, I started busting her balls and going, oh, look at this superstar now. Look yeah. at you. Did you have any chicken fingers? And she was like, yeah, I did. And I was like, good. Good. <laughs> get, a, get as much as you can. Free food. That's got to be such a cool moment to like, you oh, know, your boy's done good, man. Your boy's yeah, done it was, good. And the best part was it was me and Mox and Homicide in the ring together yeah. at the end. And those are the two closest dudes I have in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talking about someone who never quit on me, Mox. We didn't talk for like 10 years. Maybe we talked three times in 10 years. Yep. And you know what it was? Every WrestleMania for three years in a row, every WrestleMania those three years was, I would get a text. Yo, I sent your stuff to Regal. Who's this? Mox, what's up? No answer. Next year. Hey, what's up, bro? Uh, I sent more stuff to Regal. Again, I didn't save his number. Yeah. Who the fuck's this? Mox. Man, what's up? Nothing. Third year, same thing again. You know what I mean? He just always watched out, even yeah. without watching out. You know yeah. what I mean? And He was always out there, at yeah. least, and you didn't even know it, no. but he was putting your no, stuff out there. No, and he would tell people to go see me like during WrestleMania weekends yep. when everybody has yep. all the big indie shows. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. He would tell people, like agents. Yep. I found out later he would tell agents to be like, yo, go to this show, watch Eddie Kingston. You yep. know what I mean? So he was always there. He hates taking credit for things, sure. but... You wouldn't know that if you're his real friend. He likes to bust <laughs> balls. I see you, Mr. Midas Touch. I see you. Nice. He's always out there putting your name. I like it. Keeping you afloat. He's loyal. You know? He's yeah. loyal. I, I stick with a lot of loyal dudes because I'm loyal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like to say that's a curse, though, because I've been loyal to the wrong people. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have been. You know what I mean? But I mess with dudes who are loyal to the, to the core. You know yeah. what I mean? And we don't leave nobody behind no matter... How hard it is, you know what I mean? And until unless they do something crazy or they cut us out, yep. you know what I mean? And then it's like, all right, then you're done. Yeah, but I, I stick with a lot of loyal dudes. In this industry where, you know, everyone wants to get ahead, uh, every, it's probably a lot of backstabbing or just corner cutting with friendships or, you know, playing politics and stuff. Well, it's a, a lot of them are friends for the sake of... What can they get? But that's any business. We can't just blame wrestling. I used to do that. I used to blame just wrestling. But then I would talk to my mother and my father, and they'd be like, no, no, no. That shit happens every business. The corporate world to the wrestling world, it's all the same. Oh, it's all the same. It's all everyone trying to get ahead, but that wasn't me. Yep. And that wasn't the guys I messed with. And, you know, we all look out for each other. And also, if I see somebody who's not part of the crew and he's, that person, he, he or she or, or whatever, I'm not trying to get in trouble, but whatever they, what are the pronouns? Yep. All right, I'm really trying, folks, to learn. So whatever pronouns they call themselves, it, doesn't, it, it is what it is. It doesn't matter to me. But whoever it is, if, if they're good and they're hungry and, and any of us see anything, and then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I mean? We'll try to either get a match with them or... Try to, uh, you know, push them to go to certain independent places just because people did it for us. So why not do it for someone else who's hungry, who loves this, who wants to be in this? So there's a lot of young wrestlers in in both AEW. There's a lot of young wrestlers here in the in the locker rooms and defy. You know, you you, uh, you know, come across these youngsters. Is there anything that you can tell us that you kind of give input? Is there any word of advice you give to these people? Uh, yeah, I, I I always tell them this one, and I got this from a bunch of guys, but it, this is true. It's uh, shut your fucking mouth and open your ears. That's it. You don't know shit. And uh, I learned that from Jerry Lynn that you don't know shit. Jerry Lynn told me one day, Eddie, I learned something new every time I'm in the business. He told me this like in 2012. Wow. And I looked at him and I was like, man, you've been to every major promotion. 
in America. And I think every big promotion in Japan. I know he was New Japan and Michinoku Pro. And he's just telling me he doesn't know nothing, so I have no right to tell anyone anything. And I do learn every day something new. You know what I mean? Like, I learned something new tonight. I just got to figure it out. I'm tired. But I know I'll pick something and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was cool, or I should do that more, or or I shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And I always pick up something new, and then doing TV is a brand new experience. And I learn something new all the time. So that's why I love wrestling, too, because it's a never-ending journey of knowledge. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's why I go back and watch old stuff, even though it's not up-to-date and hip, I guess you could say. But I'll go back and watch something from the 1900s. You yeah. know what I mean? When they were just wrestling in Germany or so, you know what I mean, like stuff like that. I just watch whatever because I want to learn. Student of the game. Yeah, I guess I just want to learn more. Maybe I don't get anything out of it, but just knowing that I watched it, I feel like I learned something. Awesome. So you know, pivoting to you always rep hip hop. You come out to when you're at Defy, you come out to DMX. I saw you wearing a Mob Deep T-shirt on TV and a Nas one and a Nas one. Nas, yeah. What are like? Uh, what's like your bet, top four or five favorite hip hop artists of all time? See, that's rough because it changes like every yeah. day. <clears throat> you know what I mean? If you ask me this tomorrow, I'll have a different answer. But number one all the time is Tupac Shakur because as a kid, my dad hated this when I used to say this. As a kid, he he talked to me. I related. I didn't relate to the violence or or, or the women and stuff because I was like ten, eleven years old. You know what I mean? But like. The deeper songs mm-hmm. that, are, that weren't on the radio, you know, and, how, and he talked about depression mm-hmm. and he talked about his anger and he talked about his fears and like, that's what I related to. So Pac's always won for me. And then there's DMX because he's from Yonkers. You know what I mean? He, he spoke for us. You know what I mean? He spoke for New York, not just Yonkers, but he spoke for New York. At the time he came out, it was very flashy hip hop. You know what I mean? The P. Diddy and the Mace and the yep, yep. shiny suits. And then he came out, and I'll never forget that Get At Me. I heard him beforehand through mixtapes. Man X. Yeah, yeah. mixtapes through Getty Square. But uh, he would. He came out, and it was like, don't, 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 don't. And he was like, let's take it back to the hood, motherfucker. And I was like, that was it. And he brought it back. Yeah. Uh, Scarface from Houston. I just love to. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I definitely love Scarface. I love Jay-Z. I love Nas. I love Mob Deep. I think Prodigy, you know, rest in peace to Bandana P. He gets slept on way too much. If y'all don't understand, get his first uh, singles album, H&IC. It was amazing. Uh, Guys like that, you know, Outkast was great too, you know what I mean, with the Southern Draw. You know what I mean? Guys like that. Yeah, it's just, I can go on forever about hip-hop. I'll start thinking more and more, you know? I got to know, have, did you ever have a time where you rapped? As a no. kid, no, 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 didn't even try? No, I wrote. I wrote okay. stuff. Okay. I wrote poetry when yeah. I was young. My mother used to love it because she would just see me writing, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? But that's promos now. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Well, the right, yeah. You know what? I never thought of it like that. Boom, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Like, because uh, I tell people it's not promos I do, it's therapy sessions. Because mm-hmm. I bring whatever my character is me at 17 th- and yeah. turned up a thousand notches. Yeah. So it's a therapy session. And yeah, it was a therapy session for me to write. I, used to, I had like 30 notebooks all written, just stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. I didn't rap though. I just wrote whatever <laughs> I felt on the page. 
word. Okay, man. Well, uh, so here at Defy, we don't really call it the fans. We call it the def- uh, the Defiance. We're oh, like the Defiance. Yes, I we're, love it. So we're like you know a community. We're all on the same level. Um, you know, it's a kind of a cheesy way to ask it, but I ask no, it every time. What does the Defiance mean to you? The Defiance means to me just like like you said, a community of people that are showing love for a great sport. I still call it a sport. I don't care. For a great sport that I'm fortunate enough to now make a full-time living off of. And without those defiant people, I wouldn't be able to. So that's why I come here and I try to go balls to the wall and I try to give them everything I got because without, without them, you know, there's no me, to be honest with you. So why not give them everything I got? You know, why disrespect them and not give them everything I got, you know? And we'll keep chanting for you, man, to bring you back, dude, because we're, you know, we can't get enough Eddie Kingston here at Washington Hall, so. I love it here, man. I really do. I really, I can't, <laughs> try to be as genuine as I can, and I'm getting worried that I'm not nah, man. genuine. But no, That I is one thing Eddie Kingston is, is 100% genuine. Like, that is what is apparent through, you know, your, your, your writing that we read about your mental health through your matches. They speak to your character and through your promos, man. And and through, you know, interviews and everything, it's 100% authentic, man. So you don't got to worry about that. No, man. Thank you. I just, uh, I don't know. I never thought I would be relatable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because just like most of us think we're the only ones who think a certain way. We're the only ones that are going through it, but we're not. Everyone's going through something. Yeah. It may not be similar, but the feelings are, you know what I mean? So I'm happy I can, for me personally, selfishly, I'm very happy that I can find others like me. Yes. You know what I mean? So it can actually make me go, oh, I was never alone. You know what I mean? So if that helps one person, then I'm good. They can take all the checks. I'm good. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll do it. We'll take the checks. You take the checks. Just give me Junakiyama. That's it. So my last question for you, man, it's kind of a weird one, but uh, if you can, if you can show us, but if not, you can tell us, pick a scar on your body, show us if you can, tell us the story of how you got the scar. Uh, this scar on my wrists, I don't know if you can see it, it's kind of faded, but uh, this was from a tournament of death match in CZW, and I had these light tubes. And, like, if, if fans bring the weapons. And if I would have swung these light tubes, like a baseball bat, it would have wrapped around and hit my opponent yeah. in the face bad. So I held it like this, and when I hit it, it sliced me open. Jesus. And I'm punching the guy I'm wrestling, and I'm pointing at it, going, is this what you fucking wanted? I was so mad because I didn't want to do it. I was, yeah. I was talked into doing it as a favor. So I kept just going, what the fuck, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And, you know, they just wrapped it up and put, like, whatever that glue is. New skin or whatever it is. What is, is that what damn. it is? What is that? Uh, not the, like, the gorilla stuff. No, no, no. It's, like, some something that burns, by the way. Like, <laughs> like new skin. Like, new skin or something, yeah. I got stitches on my back, though, from yeah. that match. Yeah. Deathmatch Eddie. <sighs> I don't like it. 
I don't like it. Sometimes you got to do it, though, because, you know. Gearing up to do a barbed wire match versus Jericho this yeah, week. Yeah, because here's the thing. He's a bitch. So like, sometimes <laughs> you got to bring him to that level. I'm, I'm just speaking it like it is. He talks all this shit like he's done something. That's fine, bro. I wasn't there, so you haven't done shit. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. That's the street in me coming out. You know what I mean? No respect at all. Eddie Kingston, the Defiant Ones, dude. Thank you so much, man. Nah, man. Thank you. I had a blast, man. Hell thank yeah. you guys so much. I appreciate y'all. Every week on the Defiance Patreon, we have in-depth interviews with all your favorite Defy wrestlers. It's the Defiant Ones. To check out all the past episodes of the Defiant Ones and the newly released episodes every Wednesday, go to patreon.com slash defiance. You're not going to want to miss an episode of the Defiant Ones. On Saturday, October 8th, Defy returns to Portland, Oregon for Defy City of Thorns. Saturday, October 8th at Cleaver Armory. Tickets for the event are available now. Again, Defy City of Thorns. Saturday, October 8th at the Cleaver Armory in Portland, Oregon. Defy returns home to Washington Hall Saturday, October 29th for Defy Kingdom Come featuring wrestling icon Minoru Suzuki and many more. Tickets for Defy Kingdom Come are available now at DefyWrestling.com Again, Defy Kingdom Come Saturday, October 29th at Washington Hall. I love it. Dude, this is so Ricky Reckless. Right now we're talking with a guy who has actually done some incredible artwork that you've probably worn. If you've seen the Lucha Libre mask t-shirt that Defy made and became so popular at all the Defy shows, this is the guy who made it. What's your name, dude? Uh, this is uh, Jesse Hernandez, a.k.a. the Urban Aztec, brother. But yeah, that was super dope working with you guys on that piece, man. And uh, it's one of my favorite designs. I plan to uh, do other things without you with it. And, you know, just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> Dude, your artwork is incredible. You work with artists like 311, Primus. We got a Mastodon poster back here, dude. So uh, tell me a little bit about, like, um, so you have a lot of Lucha Libre influence. Like, was that an influence with your art growing up? Yeah, I mean, uh, wrestling has always been, uh, you know, something that I grew up on. And uh, Lucha Libre uh, especially, bro. Like, I've always been hyped about, you know, it's the original superheroes. If you were a superhero, who who would you be? You know, I'm partial. I don't know if he counts as a superhero. He might nowadays, but I'm, I'm a big Venom fan. Big Venom you know? fan? Okay. I don't know if I'd be as good as Tom Hardy. He's got a, got the abs on me. Sure. And the charisma and the looks, but, you know. You going to uh, pull out the le- the big boot and the leg drop on Swerve tonight? Oh, listen. No, Swerve, he, he's he's a class of his own. I, I'm, I'm not even on his level. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Hulk, sir. Uh, my name is uh, Jay Gonzo. I'm a comic artist. I write and draw a comic called La Mano del Destino. Yeah. It's a story of a once-champion luchador who's uh, unmasked in the ring and betrayed by his friends, so he makes a deal with a mysterious promoter to get a new identity because you can't be the same wrestler again yeah. once you've been unmasked. So he makes a deal with this mysterious promoter for a new power and a new name, La Mano del Destino, to get his revenge. But like all good comic book bargains, there's strings attached, right? So yep. he's trying to get out of the bargain. He's trying to still get his revenge, but more importantly, remain the person he knows himself to be. Okay. And it all happens in this swank 
thank you, Jet Age 1960s Mexico, where Lucha Libre is the most important thing in that world. Yes. So I, I drew the comic to like look and feel and smell like an old 60s comic book because it, it happens in the 60s. Yeah. Like the kind of the heyday of like El Santo and Mumasca. Yes. When those guys are like making movies and stuff. Yeah. Man, it's really awesome to be here at Emerald City Comic Con because it's like an institution in this like community of, of nerdiness, of, of fan culture. And Defy is a huge part of fan culture. Obviously, we're so immersed in like uh, you know just being all about the fans, the Defiance. So it's only fitting. And, of course, Headlocked being like the best wrestling comic and, and, and graphic novel with Michael Kingston over there, it's, it's like a perfect tag team. And uh, it just it's really cool because... You know, there was a, a while there where we couldn't come together and do all of this kind of stuff. And now with some precautions, everyone's getting together and having some fun. I've seen a ton of really cool cosplay. I saw We saw a Macho Man. We saw a Hulk Hogan. I'm hoping to see some, uh, maybe a Swerve cosplay. We never know. Maybe a Darby Allen cosplay. Maybe a Brody King cosplay. But uh, it's, it's real cool, and uh, it's awesome to be a part of Defy and be here with everyone. 